beautiful thing about social selling is you don't need a marketing team or department. You are your own in-house marketing team. Share content, spread the word, talk about what you know and what you love. Leads will come in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Selling in Asia podcast. In this episode, Tom Abbott, CEO of Soko Sales Training, shares his secrets to supercharge your social selling strategy in 2023. This is an excerpt from a virtual training Tom did for a group of coaches. So you are going to get exclusive access to his sharing where he covers the three P's of social selling, knowing your ICP, where to find your prospects online, and much, much more. Let's jump right in. So when we talk about your audience, it's really about, in sales, we call this your ICP. So we talk about your ICP, your ideal customer profile. So who's your audience? Now, it's important for us to think about that because there are so many social media platforms out there. It can actually be mind-numbing. Okay? You've got Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We've got so many out there. TikTok. It's, you know, you got YouTube as well. It's really hard sometimes to know where should you be focusing your attention. But rather than spreading yourself too thin, By trying to be everywhere at once, I feel like it's more effective to take a more targeted approach. The key is to find out which platforms are frequented by the majority of your customers. Where are your customers congregating in large number? Then establish a really strong presence on those platforms. So you probably know, if you're on social now, that each of those networks really has its own personality and and people have their own preferred mode of communication. And your potential clients are likely to flock to the platforms that are really best suited to their tastes and their interests. So for you, my friends, it's crucial to identify your prospective audience's preferred platforms and the most effective language to use on each one. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you'll invest a lot of time and effort into launching some social media initiative on a particular platform only to discover that your target customer isn't active on that platform. So that has happened to me. When I first got started in social, I was really pumped up, excited. Now, not to date myself here, but yes, I've been on Tumblr. (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows Tumblr, but I've been on Tumblr way back in the dark ages. That's around the MySpace days. Okay. I'm 50, my friends. Okay. I've been around the block a little bit. So I've been on some of these social platforms from the beginning and I thought, all right, let me go all in. Let me start posting a little bit more on Twitter, for example. But what I realized was that Twitter was more of a, for me, a broadcasting tool, a broadcasting platform, more for news and some kind of instant messages and some updates. But what I was finding was that it was difficult for me to actually zero in on and connect with my ideal target client, my buyer. How do I do that? How do I create meaningful discussions? So for me, I put some effort into Twitter. And it didn't really yield the results that I was looking for. But what I realized, though, was I identified who my ideal target customer is. And for me, my ideal target customer would be senior sales leaders. So as a sales speaker, a sales trainer, a sales coach, I work with senior sales leaders. That's kind of my target. HR leaders. So whether it's a a CRO, chief revenue officer, a chief sales officer, a managing director of human resources or training and development, L&D. These are the types of people that I typically want to have conversations with. What I realized 
was that I was able to find them, connect with them, and engage with them on LinkedIn. So the first thing that I want to do right now is I want you, please, to just give some thought as to what is the ideal customer profile for you? I want you, please, to think about who do you serve? Who do you help? Who do you support? So a lot of people say, oh, I'm an executive coach or I'm a career coach. Okay, but I really want you to think hard about who's that person on the other end of the phone? Who's that other person that you're speaking to and speaking for? Who are they? So I can picture them in my head. Who's yours? Who do you serve? Who do you help? So what I invite you to think about, okay, so Cindy's got a question. What what if the kind of people I coach is more by topic than demographic? Okay, now, great question, Cindy. Notice how I didn't say demographic. I was very particular with my language. I said, what's their profile? Now, profile can include demographic, which is age, gender, location, income, etc. That would be demographic. But to your point about topic rather than demo, that could be what we call psychographics. It's the psychology of that customer. What are their hobbies, interests, behaviors, things they like to do? Some of the things, you know, their favorite pastimes, maybe favorite TV shows, where where do they congregate in large numbers, some of their activities. That's all part of their psychographic. So when we talk about your ideal customer profile, it could be people in terms of industry. It could be in terms of company. It could be their job role. It could also be some of the biggest challenges they face. So perhaps, so I think we we saw one person say something like ambitious but overwhelmed project managers. So project manager is kind of the demographic, but the, the ambition and overwhelm is almost like their psychographic, isn't it? So what are the biggest problems that you help solve? So having a sense of the problem is key. Most coaches, when you ask them what they do, they say, I help people do X, Y, and Z. And those are solution focused. A tip that I have for you is rather than be solution-focused, now this goes against my coaching principles because I'm a solutions-focused coach. I love it. (laughs) But from a positioning standpoint, you want to talk about it from a problem perspective. So when someone says, Tom, what do you do? I say, thanks for asking. Typically, I work with sales leaders who oversee teams that are struggling with too few leads in their pipeline, a sales cycle that's too long, an average deal size that's too small, and or a win rate that's too low. So we help their teams overcome those challenges through some of our e-learning and instructor-led training programs. So I'm starting with a problem and then aiming towards a solution. Maggie's got a question here. Is corporate professionals too broad an ICP? Short answer is yes. But as long as you, but if your message resonates across the board, because corporate professionals is very broad. So if you have a message that will resonate with the broad spectrum of these professionals, go for it. But I'll tell you this, to be perfectly honest, Maggie, if you have some sort of an ailment or an injury, do you go to a generalist or a specialist? If you hurt yourself, you pulled your back, your knee is bothering you, who's going to help you best? Is that a generalist or a specialist? 100% specialist. Now, specialists have a unique expertise. They understand the problems better than anybody. And guess what? Specialists charge more. (laughs) They charge more. I could very easily just be a business coach, 
helping people with random business issues or entrepreneurial issues. But I picked a lane and I went deep. I dug my hole, you know, you know, uh, a meter wide, but a hundred meters deep in that sales space. So I'm a sales expert. I've written two books on the topic, and that's all I talk about. That's all we do is sales, sales, sales leadership, and social selling. That's it. If you want communication or marketing or anything else, talk to somebody else. But that's our thing. Customers want to know that you have unique expertise in a certain domain and are the go-to person. A question that I would ask you all to ponder, now I'm going to, I'm moving a little bit from prospect. Okay, so prospecting is all about knowing who's your ideal customer profile, number one, and where do they congregate in large number? So in my case, senior sales leaders and HR leaders, where do I find them in large number? LinkedIn. So that's where I'm going to find them. So every message I post, now we're transitioning from prospect to position. Every message I post, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Every one is specific to speak to that audience. Maybe my posts don't interest you, and that's okay. I'm targeting a certain group of people, and my message will resonate with them. The conversations that I'm starting will resonate with them because they're important to those people. So when you look at positioning, how are you positioning yourself? So I meet a lot of coaches out there that are like a Jack or Jane of all trades, but a master of none. I've seen business cards that say, I specialize in 10 different things. Huh? What? I don't even think that's possible. How can you specialize in 10 things? What you're saying is I cover 10 different topics. I have some competence in these areas, but come on, you're not going to be the go-to person. And let me ask you something. How can I find you on Google? Are you Googleable? Is that even a, a word? I don't know. So, if, for example, you were to type sales trainer Singapore, I want you, please, just for fun, and any of you, just for fun, please hop on Google, a fresh browser, a private browser, just, you know, no cookies. Please just type in sales speaker Singapore or sales trainer Singapore or sales coach Singapore even Asia if you want. And just let me know. Now, this is tricky. I put myself on the line here. <laughs> Does Tom, Tom Abbott and or Soko sales training appear anywhere on page one? Oh, I see some smiles. I see some smiles. Thank you, IU. Okay. You know, when I do these live, these live tests, you just never know what's going to happen. Right? You just never know. Okay. So what does that mean? Soko appears on page one, okay, via ad. Okay, that's one thing. I want you, though, Kevin, to look deeper beyond the ad. Do we appear on page one in organic search? Not just paid search. Paid is one thing. Now, you do paid search to complement the organic search. That really helps. But you don't want to just show up for paid. So please type organic search page one, number two position. Number two, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed. Who's number one? Don't even tell me. Okay, but I'll take, I'll take number two in organic search any day. That's not bad. As long as you're on page one in organic search. Okay, so look, there's an old expression in marketing where we say, where's the best place to hide a dead body? Page two of Google. <laughs> I'll let you think about that for a minute because nobody looks on page two of Google. If you can't be found on page one, you can't be found. So when someone is searching for someone like you, can they find you? 
how well optimized is your website? It's all part of social selling. How well optimized is your site? Are you Googleable? Can you be found? So this is a common challenge with a lot of coaches. In fact, I bet you some of you on this call are the best coaches that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> All right. I know I'm being a little cheeky, right? But it's true. We've got tremendous talent here. But does the world know who you are? Do they know how to reach you? Can you be found? That's probably going to be your number one challenge around positioning. We talked about the prospecting. You know who you're going after. Okay. How do you position yourself? Now, the beautiful thing, my friends, my fellow coaches, my dear friends, the beautiful thing about LinkedIn, for example, if most of you are dealing in the corporate world, then I would say LinkedIn, so it's the B2B as opposed to the B2C. So B2C is business to consumer, individuals, B2B is business to business. So if you're in that enterprise or business space, then I would say LinkedIn is where you need to be. You need to be, need to be on there posting great content about your topic. I would recommend at least every week, at least every week. I try to post every single day, sometimes multiple times a day on LinkedIn. But you've got to keep that wheel turning with content, adding value, starting and keeping the conversations going about topics that matter to your audience. This is how you can be seen as a subject matter expert. And for me, consistency is the key. Please don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't say, okay, I'm going to do a 100-day challenge. Okay, let's slow down, okay? <laughs> Start with a one-day challenge. Start with, please, tomorrow, post something on LinkedIn, okay? And if you do it every, if you, if you, if you already have done it today, then do a two- or three-day challenge or maybe a five-day challenge. Can I post at least one piece of content every day this week? You'll start seeing some traction, some momentum, and you'll start building your audience. That's a special thing. So that's the positioning part. Now, the presenting part of social media is how do you present yourself? What conversations are you having? Are you, for example, having polls on LinkedIn? So polls are really popular right now. So what questions do you want to ask your audience? What are some thought-provoking issues that you can bring to the forefront on social. So presenting on social is also about how do you present yourself on video? How do you present yourself in these situations online, whether you're coaching virtually or doing webinars, for example? That's the key. And that's around effective presentation. So Christopher's got a comment here. My rule so far, if someone posts daily or too much, Often with self-promoting material, unmute them. Mm, I get that. Isn't that worse than showing up a bit less, but with more quality? So I love that, Christopher. And I'll say this, and then I'm going to open it up to everyone's questions. So please get yourself ready. It's not an either or conversation. That's what I would say, Christopher. It's not either or. It's not about quality versus quantity. It can be both. You can be you can be posting on a consistent, frequent basis of high quality. That's absolutely doable. Now, self-promoting material, <clears throat> fail. No one cares about us. No one cares about you. So if you check out my posts on LinkedIn, they're very rarely self-promoting at all. It's really about issues of the day that are important to my followers. And just so that you know that this works, I've got close to 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. So that's not bad. You know, it could, could, could be better, 
But it's not a bad start. I've been at this game for a while. So I got about 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, we've got about 8,000, close to 9,000. And I use both of those platforms differently. LinkedIn, I use to reach decision makers, senior leaders, HR and sales directors. That's what LinkedIn is for. I use Instagram more for reaching that individual salesperson because that's more of a B2C space. So you'll see a different mood or tone on Instagram versus on LinkedIn, different conversations and different people. What I'm selling on LinkedIn would be our e-learning platform for corporates. It would be instructor-led sales training programs, coaching, our train-the-trainer program offering for larger companies. That's what I'm doing on LinkedIn. But Instagram is more, hey, why don't you just, why don't you sign up for Soco Academy, our e-learning platform for $5.99 US for a year? That's what we focus on on Soco Academy for individuals. So you really got to know your audience. So totally agree. But to that point, Christopher, if someone posts daily or too much, often with blah, 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 blah. Okay. So self-promoting, yes, mute them. Got it. But if someone posts too much, there's no such thing as too much. And let me tell you why. The wheel on LinkedIn just keeps on turning. There is no way that you could post so much that I would see all of your posts on the wheel in the feed on LinkedIn. I just wouldn't. So I would tell someone, Post once, twice a day, no problem. You are not going to be spamming or bothering anybody because out of the millions of people posting, of the thousands of people that your followers are also following, they're just not seeing your stuff. <laughs> so if you want people to see your stuff, you got to post frequently. And yes, I would take quality over quantity if I had to choose, but it's not a choice. You can do both. Okay, so just to do a quick wrap up here and then I'm gonna take all of these questions. You're welcome, Christopher. The keys to social selling really are about prospecting. So knowing how to reach a large number of your ideal target customer. Where are they congregating in large number? Be very clear about your ICP, ideal customer profile, and what's their preferred platform. A little bonus tip for you, drop an email or a WhatsApp message to your top 10 customers and ask them, hey, I'm curious, What's the best social media platform on which to connect with you? What's your preferred platform? Just sit back, listen to the answers. If you get about six out of 10 or seven out of 10 veering towards one particular platform, well, there's your market research. There's your answer. Double down, go hard, go deep on that platform. Narrow, eh, right? Narrow, but deep focus on a particular platform and start building your platform, your audience there. Okay, positioning is all about how do you position yourself? What do you want to be known for? If there was one word that would define you, what would it be? For me, it's sales. Easy to be referred to. Easy for people to refer business to me because they know what I do. And I know some of you on this call have referred business to me because you just know, right, sales, Tom, got it. My buddy, Ron Kaufman, customer service. My pal, Jerome Joseph, branding. It's easy. So what do customers think about when they think of you? If they're not thinking anything, we got a big problem. So positioning. And you can use LinkedIn to cement your position. And then finally, presenting. Start thinking about posting videos on LinkedIn, for example. Videos do great and they have a higher click-through rate than photos and even more than text. 
So if you've got any videos, just little Q&A stuff, just some quick tips, like, you know, 30, 60, 90 second tip videos, post those on LinkedIn as well. They get a lot of engagement. Now, before you say, oh, Tom, I don't have the time or effort to, to produce high quality video content, doesn't have to be that. Anybody with a hand phone these days can just do like a little selfie video. Hey, it's Tom here. I just want to give you three quick tips on how to use social media for sales. One is to prospect, one's to position, and one is to present. You know, just get some quick tips, share it on LinkedIn, and start the conversation and ask a question. You can't go wrong by asking questions and getting people's opinions. So think about using polls as a great conversation starter. Okay, so that's going to end the content-y portion of tonight. I want to really get to some of your questions so we can make this as personal as possible. Okay. So who's got one? How long do you take before you reach the 1K following? What should be the general timeline? Does it equate to number of leads? Okay. Thanks, IU. So a few a few great questions there. How long do you take before you reach a thousand following? You're going to hate this answer, IU. The answer is it depends. It depends on the quality of your content. It depends on the targeting of your message. It depends on the frequency with which you post. It depends, are you responding to people's comments in a timely manner? It depends if your posts also reach second and third degree connections because of hashtags and the quality of the post and the content. And then you actually connect with those second or third degree connections who actually like or comment on your posts. So the short answer is it depends. But I'll tell you, with effort, I know you're like, that's not what I wanted to hear. But what I'm what I'm breaking down is what does it take to get to a thousand? So let me rephrase the question from how long does it take to what does it take? What it takes is great content targeted to your audience and consistency. Posting once in a while doesn't get the job done. And look, I can sit here and say, hey, I've got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. Seriously, there are some people that like have way more than I do. And some of them have been at this game in lesser time than I have. So they've done a better job of consistency, great content, engaging, targeting. So it's all scale. Please don't compare yourself with anybody. It's very easy because once you start comparing yourself to other people, you get depressed. (laughs) Okay, so don't even do that. Compare yourself against yourself yesterday. Am I a better version of myself today than I was yesterday? Am I doing better today than I did yesterday? Okay, I hope that helps out you. Ooh, okay, but IU is a follow-up question. Does it equate to the number of leads? Okay, well, the short answer is yes. The more followers you have, the more people see your content, the more inbound inquiries you're going to get. I get a lot of inbound inquiries, people just reaching out to me cold on LinkedIn. Hey, Tom, loved your post. I know that you do sales training. Do you work with tech teams or IT or Infocom or ICT teams as well? You know, let's have a conversation about that. Way easier than me reaching out to people cold. They see my content. They see my expertise. They know what topics I speak on. They reach out. The marketing has already done the work. The beautiful thing about social selling is you don't need a marketing team or department. You are your own in-house marketing team. Share content, spread the word, talk about what you know and what you love. Leads will come in. If you want to take your sales skills to the next level and learn how to master the entire sales process, Join Soko Academy and get certified in Soko Selling. The link is in the notes. Okay, Selena, 
do I have to start a separate, oh yes, do I have to start a separate social media account just for my coaching so it does not mix with my personal posts? So that's a really great question. I'm of two minds here. So short answer is this. On LinkedIn, just have a personal profile. Like just have your profile. I need to be able to go on LinkedIn, look up Selena Fung and see who she is and what she talks about and see what she's sharing. See some videos, see some infographics, see some polls. I need to see you demonstrating your, your expertise on your personal LinkedIn profile. Now, most of you coaches, I would imagine, are solopreneurs. You're independent consultants, independent coaches, and you're in business, but don't perhaps run a company. If that's the case, then there's no point for you to have a company page on LinkedIn. So I have a company, a PTE Limited, and we've got 10 people on our team. So we're still a small company, but we're a business. We're a company. So we also have a company page. Now, that company page is really just there for information and credibility, but that's not where the action is. We've only got about one or 2,000 followers of our company page, but I've got about 30,000 followers on my personal LinkedIn. So where do you think we're going to be posting most of our stuff? It's, it's on my personal, building my personal brand. The beautiful thing about coaching is it's about you. Coaching is very intimate, very personal. So it's about your personal brand. Now, when it comes to Facebook, though, you could create a page for you, right? But don't name it, but you could create a coaching a page, and that's you as a public figure. And you could use that in the same way that you use your, your LinkedIn personal profile. If, for example, you want to keep your personal life on Facebook a little bit separate from your, your professional life. So that's an option for you as well. So it really de just depends. And it also depends on how many friends you have on Facebook. And you certainly don't want to be spamming your Facebook friends with business content. Because typically when people go on Facebook, they're there just to have a good time. They're there to look at some reels and some, you know, some stories. And they just want to have fun. They're not all corporate-y. So you just got to be kind of clear about your, your messaging there. Hope that helps, Selena. Terry, we don't always have a specific topic to be known for, hmm. especially those of, us, those of us who are just starting out. How would you suggest we go about positioning ourselves here? I'm sure you've done a lot of things in the world and have some experience. So what I would invite you to do is start to become known for a specific topic. My first book, The Soho Solution, Soho, Small Office, Home Office, was written for you. It was written for you. The Soho Solution. Chapter one. <laughs> what does that say, my friend? Chapter one. Terry. <laughs> Discovering a niche. Boom. It's chapter one. We can't do anything we're talking about here today until you discover your niche. And how do you do that, my friend? A niche involves three things. One, start with this. Your purpose, your passion. What do you love to do? Start with that. Anybody who tells you, ah, don't follow your passion is a miserable person. Okay, find something that you do love to do, but there's a caveat there. So the first part is find something you're passionate about that, that aligns with your life purpose. The second part, Terry, expertise. You got to be good at that thing that you love to do. Okay, if you don't have expertise in it, well, how are you supposed to coach anybody? So what do you love? What are you great at? that have at least some track record. And you're right, Terry, you don't have to have done something for 20 years, but come on, even five years is a long time to do something. You know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours in 10 years and all this kind of stuff. Come on, these days you can fast track it. 
watch some videos, do some master classes, do some one-on-one stuff with experts and get really good. And you do have some experience. So figure out what do you love to do and what are you really good at? And keep learning because the more you learn, the more you earn. And the third part of finding your niche is you then have to find a market. The ICP, your ideal target customer, your ideal target prospect, your ideal customer profile, who will pay for what you can offer? Who will pay for what you can offer? So you've got to find a market that's big enough to sustain you, but also balance that, that there's not too many competitors chomping at the bit. Okay. Does that help, Terry? Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, it gives me something to start with. If I'm you, I'm spending the weekend doing some serious soul searching about what's your niche, who do you want to help and with what? I did that about 20 years ago from my apartment in Vancouver, Canada. And I did some soul searching around, hey, I love to communicate, I love to speak, I love to train, I love to coach, I love to teach, but who the heck should I freaking help? Who should I help? And then I realized I love business. I want to be a business coach. But then I narrowed the focus into, well, what, what domain of business? And I'm like, dude, I love sales. I love business development. I love everything about sales. I got I to gotta go where my heart is. And I was darn good at it too. And I keep practicing and I get better every single day. So it's an ongoing journey. All the best to you, Terry. Okay, next. Linda says, Tom, I've been sending messages on LinkedIn and it hasn't worked for me, okay? Even if someone I meet says you must contact via messages, it's pretty futile. Okay, okay. So what I'm hearing from that is, hey, Tom, I've been trying to reach out to people on LinkedIn and it hasn't worked for me. Do you have any tips to make it become more effective? Okay. So my reality, my experience is that inviting people to connect on LinkedIn works for me. Now, why does it work for me? It can have a lot of different contributing factors. What does your profile look like? So your profile on LinkedIn, what does it say? How's your profile picture? Do you have a profile picture? Do you know how many people try to connect with me and there's no profile picture at all? It's ridiculous. I don't connect with them. So they're not ready for business. You know what I'm saying? Some are using the same picture for their LinkedIn as they use on like Instagram or Facebook. And it's a very casual, relaxed picture. Maybe it's them and their partner, arm over the shoulder. And then for LinkedIn, they just crop out their friend, but you still see a bit of an arm here. It's like, what's going on, right? That is not the right profile pick for a professional platform like LinkedIn. So I'm being cheeky, but it starts with that profile pick. What's that description or headline? So I invite you to jump onto my LinkedIn and you can use that as like an audit or a benchmark. Give me tips if you see something that I can improve. I'm always open to that. And take a look through it and just go, okay, I see what Tom did there got a nice picture. His little headline there kind of describes big picture, what he does. Who is this guy? So when he reaches out to people on LinkedIn, does he have credibility there? Is there credibility? Or do you appear like a salesperson? What is that little write-up, that description? What does that say about you? They also are going to look at your experience, that employment history. So they're curious, right? When you reach out to people on LinkedIn, are you sending a personalized message or not? Is the personalized message resonant with them? Or is it one of those, hi, I'm a business coach and I would love to connect with you. Well, maybe I don't want to connect with you. Sometimes I see BD salespeople, they want to connect with me and I can tell they're in sales and they want to sell me some SaaS product. I won't connect with them. So there's myriad reasons why people don't connect. 
So if, for example, Linda, you tried to connect with me, your profile was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And you said, hey, Tom, Linda here. Love that post that you just did this morning about work-life balance or whatnot. I especially like what you said about how work-life balance is kind of a myth and it's just a constant juggling act. That was really cool. Anyway, just thought I'd reach out. Thanks. Keep up the good work, Tom. Linda, am I connecting? Am I am I hitting accept with a big smile on my face or not? 100%. So it's, yes, so it's not just the medium, it's the message. Okay, I hope that helps. Okay, cool. Yes, my dear, it's going to go from futile to fabulous really soon. That I can guarantee you. Okay, Terry's got another one. And how would you go about positioning yourself if you identify as a generalist? Terry, what does that mean to be a generalist? Like, oh, I coach you on everything. Here's the problem, Terry. No one goes on Google searching for everything coach, generalist coach, non-expert coach, journeyman coach, dabbling coach, (laughs) semi-pro coach. No one's searching for that dude. They're just not. So hope that helps. The money is in specialization. Now, some people say, Tom, but if I specialize, that means I have to give up on all the other things that I love. I'm a free bird. You can't cage this bird. Okay, so some people think like that. And it's like, look, you will find if you believe in abundance, there is a lot out there for you. And I got to tell you, I've been at this for about 20 years over 10 years here in Singapore. And while I have excluded all other domains and I only focus on sales, I'm too busy and I've had to build a team of trainers to join me on the team. There is an abundance of work out there. And I get to say yes to so many projects. Let me, I got to share some something really cool right now. Okay. Well, I'm excited to say that today I delivered a session for Vayner Media here in Singapore, the Vayner Media APAC team. Gary V's agency here in Singapore, the social media guru, reached out to us at Soko Sales Training to work with their senior leaders to deliver a consultative selling program. That for me, thank you, John. For me, that was like, what? Super cool. Because I met Gary V at an event about four years ago. I think he's cool. I love him. I'm a fanboy. I follow him. And for all his talk about, you know, you know, it's all about social marketing and like, you know, you need, if you're not good at marketing, you need sales and things like that. His team reached out to me to help them with consultative selling. So that says something about the importance of that topic as it relates to, you know, media agencies. Everybody needs help with sales. I like to say that marketing gets people to your business. Sales has them leaving as a paying customer. It's two different things. You got to be good. There's lead generation and then lead conversion. Okay. So anyway, so that was super cool. So I love that. So why did I share that? (laughs) I shared that, not just because I'm excited, but I shared that because you've got to be known for something. And they reached out because we're known for sales. And if I was a generalist, there's no way on earth that they would have reached out to me to help them with anything because I wouldn't be known for nothing. Okay. Next question. Cynthia says, do you pitch for leads at the end of your content sharing or do you just put yourself out there by content except for you to reach out? Yeah, great, great question. I believe in a ratio of like, let's call it five to one ratio or four to one or a five to one ratio. So for every five pieces of content you put out, you have permission for one piece to be 
an invitation for people to reach out to you if they want to learn more. That's fair game. But it should be value, 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 value. But Tom, if I keep giving away all my good content, why would they reach out to me to coach them? Because content is free. Content is available anywhere. You want to be seen as the expert in your space. Come on. You can go on my website, my LinkedIn, my YouTube. You can see tons of free content. That's free content. You work with me for the context. How do you put that content into context? You pay for context and you pay for access. You want to work with me, you pay for that. You want my free tips? Hey, Bob's your uncle. Go for it. Don't be afraid. You put free content. You show them everything you got. All your good stuff. Don't keep stuff hidden behind the curtain. Give them all your good stuff. So they're like, God damn, this guy, this guy is the freaking guru of sales. He knows everything. He's forgotten more stuff than I could learn. That's how you want to position yourself. So look, it's fair game, Cynthia, to do, let's say I'm doing a post on negotiation. I go, you know, hey, you know, we see a study that most people feel uncomfortable in negotiation situations. Here's a quick tip on how you can take control of your negotiations, blah, blah, blah. Hope you find this useful. And if you want to dive deep into this and learn more, why don't you check out this negotiation course we have on Silco Academy? It's only 99 bucks this week. Check it out. Let me know what you think. That's fair game. One out of five or six. And the good news is, because you, you, you need to have a call to action. That's all part of the present part, prospect, position, and present. There has to be some kind of a call to action. Hey, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help. I'm here if you need me. Or if you want to work with me one-on-one, I'd be happy to have a conversation about how we can make that happen. Put that out there. Let people know, oh, I just thought Cynthia liked to share a tip. I didn't know she was a coach. I didn't know that that's what she does when she's not sharing great content. So it's okay. Be loud and proud and let the world know who you are and what you do, Cynthia. Nang says, some share about their life or stories on their social media pages. I heard that some clients prefer to know you at a personal level. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, for sure. Throw a little bit of personal stuff in there. Let them know who you are. Let them know, you know, hey, if you're excited about something, post something. Every now and again, if you want to post a photo of you with your kid and say how much you love your family, every now and again, that's okay. But don't overdo it. Don't go overboard. I'm not one of those people that likes those like sympathy likes or the clickbait likes. I don't feel like they really translate to like commercial to like any business. So I wouldn't go overboard on that. But absolutely. Share who you are. Talk about some vulnerabilities. It's not just enough to talk about some wins, but maybe talk about some losses too. You know, talk about some lessons learned. Talk about what you wish you knew five or 10 years ago. Maybe talk about a fail that you had recently that, you know, you, you if you had a chance to do it over again, here's how you would do it. So for example, and this is good advice for myself, you can't always be winning. I lose deals too. You know what I don't do enough of? is actually share some of my losses on social. So I'm giving myself some tips here based on this question from, from Nang. Maybe what I could do, maybe we all could do, is go, today was a tough one. I thought it was this close to closing a deal and I blew it. And here's why I lost it. And in hindsight, here's three things I wish I had done to get a different outcome. I hope you all found this helpful. You know what I mean? You could do that too. I think that's a brilliant idea. I'm glad I came up with that. But anyway, thank you, Meg, for getting me to think about that. That's really great. Oh, Maggie says, if I understand correctly, did you say that LinkedIn is better for B2B versus B2C? Yes, 100%. Yes. LinkedIn is Facebook for business. 
That's where you go when you're trying to, you know, make deals. And if I reach out, if I reach, let's say I reach out to Tony, if I reach out to Tony on LinkedIn with some sort of a business proposition or an idea, he's in that headspace on LinkedIn. That's appropriate. If I reach out to him with a similar proposition on Facebook, when he's on Facebook at a certain time, he, I mean, he knows me, but let's say it was cold. He's like, this isn't really where I want to be talking business right now. You know? So you've got to find the right platform for the right topic. So business, yes, LinkedIn. Alan, are there scenarios where you see paying for visibility in social media would make sense? Or are you supporting putting the time into engaging content? Again, it's not an either or. It's an and. So here's what I would suggest. Flip it upside down. Yes, I'm supporting putting the time into engaging content. Come on, everybody. You can put 15 minutes into social every day. 15 minutes is not that hard. I'm going to do it right after this call. Follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook too. I'm going to be posting some stuff on social. You'll see how fast I can do it. 15 minutes a day, yes, create engaging organic content. We call that organic, organic content. Now, for some of your more popular posts that have some broad appeal, you may consider putting some money behind them to boost those posts or to sponsor those posts so they get more reach. But only put money towards posts that are already doing well organically. There's no point promoting a crappy post so that a few more people see how bad your stuff is. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? Put money behind winning content. Hope that helps, Alan. My final tip of the night before I go, on the topic of hashtags, use hashtags as a search to see what people are talking about in your space. Click on the hashtag, see who's talking about those topics, and start engaging in conversation with them like their posts, comment on their stuff, and start connecting with them and building relationships. Like I said, there's never been a better time than now to be a coach. Social media has provided you with more tools and resources than I had when I first started out. And I don't want you to be the best coach that nobody's ever heard of. Each and every one of you has something within you, a message to share, that you need to get out there and reach as many people as possible with your message. For me, my goal is I never want anybody to lose a sale because they can't sell. That's my mantra. What's yours? Get out there, get noticed, get heard, get connected, and get clients. Thank you very much, everybody. You were awesome. Thank you. Have a great night. I wish you much success. To get in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn by looking up Tom Abbott Soko. And you can reach out to us on our website, SokoSelling.com, where our program advisors are happy to help plan out the ideal training solution for your team. Take care, everyone, and I hope you'll tune in to the next episode of the Selling in Asia podcast.